When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Oh, shit, I'm late. <laughs> I tried to hold it there. <laughs> so many buttons, so little time. Sorry right. there, Fred. <laughs> no worries. I, I am uh, Freddie Rivas, the host of this podcast and my super talented producer to my left or right, depending on how you're seeing this, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Maddie, uh, introduce yourself. Tell people uh, what's up. I am the producer, Matt Duncan, Freddie. I am the man on the keys today. And uh, yeah, how are you doing? We are getting closer to the start of the season. Can't wait. We yeah, we are getting very close. I think um, yeah. we're we're sort of merging out of the the just the summer whatever blah. Yeah, and you know I think things are getting more more basketball-y and less rumory, which, which I, I always love this uh, kind of part of the basketball calendar because, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, you, your takes have to be a bit more grounded. I feel like, yeah. Um, but, uh, but how are you, how are you doing? First of all, uh, I'm doing pretty well. I will say, uh, yeah, like, you know, I'm uh, always talking about the weather. It's always like, is it a snowblower or a, or, or a lawnmower type of feel? And sure. I feel like we're getting closer to the snowblower again. I'm getting pretty excited. Yeah, that's a big time. That's a big time for you. First snow, Maddie's out there with a little Bailey's in the coffee, and he is just going to town. Um, uh, Maddie, uh, do everyone a favor. Yeah. Um, well, sorry. Let me let me first just say, if you're listening to his podcast for the first time, yeah, uh, or or you're back, we are uh, hardcore Raptors fans. We're with Raptors Republic. Uh, we have comedians, analysts, uh, actors, basically anyone that's a basketball nut is welcome on the show. Mm. But, um, you know, if uh, people want to help us uh, join our Patreon, you know, all that good podcast stuff. How can they do that, Manny? Well, as always, check out RaptorsRepublic.com for all the great in-depth sports writing, as well as our podcast and all the other shows on the Rapcast. If you're watching the segments we put on YouTube, please like, please subscribe, please comment. And to listen to the full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks, subscribe to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher and enjoy. Now, you can also check us out on our own website, DunksPodcast.com, where you can watch, listen, and send us emails. And yeah, yeah, thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for the love. And yes, season 10 is coming out when the season starts. Beautiful. Um, Well, I think we are... uh basically set to go but uh i will say as i've been saying for some time now free britney griner uh, if it's something you're not familiar with um go ahead and uh, have a look into it uh it's a 
ongoing travesty and hopefully uh Brittany will be free uh at some point in the near future um we all we're hoping um but uh i think let's bring on the guests here uh he's done this podcast a, a handful of times he is uh one of the funnest people to play basketball with he's part of my tuesday basketball run i think he's still nursing uh, an injury i hope he's doing okay uh, amazing comedian uh again really good at basketball just i i always call him sir jabaka because he's like really tough he can guard anybody and he's got a fade away sort of like that not full fade away but he just elevates in a way that he can can that mid-ranger with the game on the line um give it up uh, as loud as you can even if you're home even if you're at home alone for ben norman davies Um, I'm happy to tell you that the, the Ben Norman Davies dream shake is back. I'm back at basketball. I, I did have a torn meniscus, but uh, I'm healing from it. And, you know, $2,000 worth of physio later, I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> Yikes. Well, um, uh, I'm happy that you are back. And boy, oh boy, playing sports and aging sure is a... Uh, is a, is a grim reality check. I, I've been through it, dude. No. I, can't, I can't be doing those chase down blocks anymore. You know? I know. No, <laughs> certainly not. No, I, Ch- yeah. Chase down blocks. Uh, I think sh- it should just be one of those things where it's like you hire movers at 35. You stop doing chase down blocks at 25. At 25. Um, I went to about 34. Well, you know, there you go. Right. Um, but whatever. It's a ground bound game from now on. Uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's also done this podcast a bunch. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, you probably know him from Raptors HQ. Uh, he's also been on like CP24 to talk Raptors. Uh, always has good nuggets of information for us and just an all-around great guy. From That's a Rap Pod, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Jay Rosales. <laughs> like want to come up with some weird dance move when i get introduced and it's always a disaster so it's okay i think it, it jives well with the music though like i'm i'm awkward like the the sound bite. i don't know yeah <laughs> thanks no, for the intro <laughs> hey no problem man um listen the main purpose of this royalty free music is to just get our guests <laughs> a little bit rattled before the show <laughs> um so uh no worries but you know uh, i say it all the time people they uh, they come for the uh, basketball chatter. They stay for the audio fully. Uh, and with that said, I think we can get popping here. Maddie, good sir, give me your most delicious, best Raptors sting. Started from the bottom. Now we here talking Raptors, kiss the rain. Love it. <laughs> See, the audio foley is fantastic. We got a cameo from Drake. Uh, I, I call that one the Drake no breath. He says a bunch of things in a row. Clearly doesn't take a breath. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Um, okay, this is like, uh, I think we're in, you know, I alluded to it earlier. We're almost, we're almost in, I would say, you know, the the, rap, or the NBA season breaks down into many little nuggets, uh, many little time periods. And this is kind of like the pre-ranking before the season starts time period. Teams are getting ranked. Acquisitions are getting ranked. Players are getting ranked. 
Um, I think, you know, SI's top 100 is, is probably the biggest one. But it seems like, you know, all the major sports networks are doing it now. ESPN has done, uh, I think, up to like 25 or something like that. But CBS Sports has done uh, their top 100. And five Raptors, our five starters, uh, all made the top 100. And I'm curious who you guys think uh, is the most, uh, let's say, ill-positioned. Uh, I'll just kind of list it off here quickly. Uh, for anyone that's not familiar, uh, but we got Gary Trent Jr. coming in at 75th overall, OG at 59th, Scotty Barnes at 48th, Fred Van Vliet at 28th, and we got Siakam, Pascal Siakam, Spicy at 24th in the league. Let me start with you, Jay. Pick one of those five guys and tell me why their placement's wrong. Uh, well, Fred Van Vliet's placement is wrong, um, only because you guys have a typo. He's actually 38th. <laughs> but actually, let's point out. Oh, shoot. Uh, let's, point, let's point out. Uh, I guess I'll take the easy one here. Uh, Pascal Siakam at 24th is, is, is a joke. I think that uh, it's, it's kind of funny how the, that Siakam is taking the mantle that DeMar DeRozan once held, not the the mantle of being the best Raptors player and all-NBA player and all-star player, but being the guy that gets ranked below Chris Middleton. So ha. that continues year after year. Chris Middleton is always ranked above the best Raptor. Uh, but I think what's more egregious than all this is that he's even lower than Jalen Brown. So if you were to ask any Celtics fan, actually maybe I wouldn't ask a Celtics fan, is is who would they rather have playing second fiddle to Jason Tatum? Would they rather have Jalen Brown or would they rather have Pascal Siakam? And I'm pretty sure everyone outside of Boston would say Pascal Siakam's the guy you want. But he's ranked all the way up in 19th. So either way, I would say Pascal Siakam's the easy answer. He's way too low on this, but that's okay. That's just fuel for the fire. He'll just come out and have a top 20 season. He'll be all NBA all over again. And, you know, lather, rinse, repeat with these uh, rankings and, and Raptors players using it as uh, motivation for the upcoming season. Yeah, well said. And I feel like, you know, there always is that caveat with these lists. It makes me think of like end of the year album lists on Pitchfork and that kind of stuff. It's sort of just to get people talking, right? Um, and and to get uh, folks motivated. Or as some Raptors fans believe on Twitter, uh, it's meant to rile us up. Uh, it's meant to kind of like engage the Raptors fan base. And that's not the most that's not the most far fetched conspiracy, really, because it does work. Uh, Raptors fans do get when they are slighted. They are activated. That's how Raptors fans roll. Uh, I do think you're you're totally correct um, in that Siakam is is the really easy choice here. Uh, that was my answer, but I got to back up. But yeah, you know, I think sure you can factor in guys having uh, you know uh, guys that were uh, unhealthy playing. Uh, certain guys having a, you know, a bounce back year sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's not like, like, you know, Fred was an all-star, right? So that's what top 25, top 30. Uh, but Siakam was all NBA. So that's top 15. So you put him at 24th and, you know, you're, you're assuming he's going to have a down year. Uh, and that's in a year where he started injured. So 
Yeah, I think that uh, probably is the the biggest or most slanderous thing on this list, I would say. But uh, Ben, let's go to you. Uh, I don't want to take all the points here. Who's your guy? Yeah, no, I'm 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 a riled up Raptors fan looking at Scotty Barnes at uh, 48, and I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at like Ben Simmons at 42. Ben Simmons sat out the whole year and is mentally probably not even prepared to play basketball or he's mentally and physically not even prepared, but somehow he's leapfrogged the rookie of the year. Talking about rookie of the year, we had Chad Cunningham coming in at 47th. I guess being the rookie of the year doesn't, you know, leapfrog you the first overall pick. And I didn't get that. I think Scotty Barnes at 48 in the 40s, I think that's, I think that's reasonable, but there's just a few of the players that I just don't kind of feel are of his caliber and maybe, you know, by this year, I could see Scotty Barnes going like, like skyrocketing up to like 35, 32, like within like a couple months of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, Scotty was obviously uh, electric, you know, he's a rookie of the year campaign. And, you know, I think you could argue that, not, you know, I, I no, no rookies are usually on this list, but, you know, going from being a rookie to jumping all the way to 48th is pretty huge. But also if you, you know, believe in Scotty that much, and I think there's a lot of reason to believe in Scotty, he, he's pretty talented. And there's some people thinking that he might be knocking on the, like the all-star snub door. Uh, I, I'm not quite that high on Scotty. I, I, I think his placement is fair, but I also feel like I know where you're coming from, where there's a, there's a couple guys where a lot is assumed, um, you know, as far as them being healthy and having bounce back years. And I think even if you're low on Scotty and you're like, Oh, he's going to have a sophomore slump and he's going to struggle. He's in such a good atmosphere and he's on such a good team uh, as far as chemistry and role that I can't really see him, you know, having that much of a down year. He's also just like, he's a, he's a winner, right? He's going to find ways to improve. And I think, uh, you know, one of the best parts about Scotty is his personality. Um, my, my guy was actually OG. So uh, I think, uh, uh, again, like I'm a little bit different than, than a lot of people I hear, but uh, I still think that OG is the third best player on the Raptors. Uh, and I think with some of the stuff we heard this summer, obviously it got blown out of proportion as far as like, you know, OG wanting a trade, but I do think that he, you know, he wants that bag. He wants the role. Uh, he, he wants to be a bigger star in this league. I don't think he's content in being like this three and D you know, uh, incredible player, right. Which he, he is. And I think he's proven that already, but I think he wants more. And I think he's, you know, it's up to him. You know, nurse even said, like, I tell the guys on this team, grab the rebound and you know, it, it's your ball. You, you can kind of, you know, run the court and make decisions and it's, uh, you know, it's there for the taking for OG. And I think he intends to take it. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, OG's ranking was, uh, where was it? Um, I think it was 40, it was 59th. Is that what it was? Yeah. So 59th, I, I, I think OG could, could be under 40. Um, uh, obviously, you know, who, like there's a lot of players for him to jump and maybe I'm, I'm being too high on OG there, but, uh, 
I, I just feel like he really, like from a developmental standpoint, he's 25. A lot of the kind of like intricacies of how people improve as a basketball player, I think he's in that in that good spot where he's going to do that. He's going to put it all together this year. And I, I feel like this is the year where he comes together with all the tools. He's been on that championship team. He's 25. He's on the upswing. Like, I want to see OG average, like, 20, 22 points a game, you know? And it's, like, easy for him. And I want him to not be, like, a 3D kind of guy. I want him to be able to slash to the bucket. I want him to start dunking on people. Like, I want, I, I want the, like angry mad og like the Kawhi og where he's like i'm gonna take over this game and i'm gonna hit six threes and i'm gonna dunk on four people and i'm gonna play better defense than anybody on the floor that's the og i want to see this year yeah i mean six threes and dunking on four people like i'm into that if that happens even once i will be very very happy but you know you to your point you average, you average 17 points a year or a game last year. And I think, you know, Fred might facilitate more. Um, you know, I mean, Gary's going to put up shots, right? He's going to put up numbers, I think. But, uh, you know, we've talked about on the pod before. We'll see if if the Gary versus Precious thing, like where that ends up, if we go Precious, if we go Gary. Uh, I think OG is starting, right? And I think he is one of the, you know, for sure shooters on the team. So I think he's going to put up shots as well. But, um yeah, and I agree. To, I, I agree sorry, with both of you. I agree with both of you in terms of what you're saying about OG and and Ben. I would just add to your point there. If we want to see angry OG, I would just temper your expectations because his face is going to look exactly the same whether he's angry or not. So I, that's all I'm saying is I think we will get it. I think his face will look exactly the same though, and that's fine. And Kawhi taught him that, <laughs> and I want I want that. I just want him to come in and just be aggressive. And, and really just assert himself into the games because he's going to be matched up with like Jimmy Butler, you know, and like LeBron James, you know, and he's going to have to contain these guys, but also kind of give, you know, a little bit of his own mojo into those games as well. And the more he asserts himself, I, I think the more successful this team will, will be overall. And I think Gary Trent is a big part of this as well. Um, just in terms of his makeup, his mentality, he already has that, you know, like he already has that killer instinct. He can yeah. shoot with the best of them. I want a bit more of that from OG. Yeah. Well said. And uh, I, I think for anyone uh, out there that's, uh, you know, wanting to just like imagine uh, this angry version of OG uh, or the sort of like, you know, Zen version of OG, there's two clips for you. Uh, watch him flipping Dennis Schroeder and not showing any emotion. That's the angry one. And the dunking one, uh, he, he crowned uh, Jimmy Butler in, in a really pivotal game last year. One of my favorite highlights of the year. But let's, uh, let's go to question number two. Ben, I, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Uh, and this is sort of like I want you to give me uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on the Raptors bench, but also just tell me what you, uh, you know, think about Wancho, uh, uh, Hernan Gomez kind of lighting it up, uh, in, in the Euro finals. I think it was six threes. There's a lot of catch and shoot action, 27 points. Uh, you know, does he crack the Raptors rotation? And, um, yeah, tell me your six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bo Cruz. Um, this guy's very exciting. I don't, I don't know, something, something um, 
opened up my mind on on Cruz with that game. A um, couple of things. Yes, I've seen Hustle, and I think it's sick, and I think he's sick for playing that role, and I love yeah. how he played it, and I love Adam Sandler, and I love that movie. But what I love about his game is that he's a spot-up shooter, can get rebounds, block a couple shots. That's perfect for the Raptors system and for the personnel that's uh, on the team as a guy that comes off the bench. And I'm not saying he's a starter, but I'm definitely saying he's one of the guys. He's one of the rotation guys that can come in and do what Boucher is doing, do what Precious is doing. Now, the, the real key here will be Precious Achua. You know, does he come in and assert himself as, you know, that missing piece um, and take that next step and kind of really eat up those minutes? That will that will affect Bo Cruz and his minutes. But I absolutely think he makes the opening day roster on some of these other guys. And I I think, you know, you look at Champagne, you look at Wilson, you look at some of these guys, they don't have the pedigree that Bo Cruz has. Um, and so I just, I like his upside out of all of the guys um, in the 905 right now. And I just kind of like him I just like his swagger. I like that he's just won a championship. And I like him, his momentum going into training camp. So I really, I, I really have him in there. I, I really do feel that that Euro championship um, has secured his spot on the team. I'm not the GM, but I, I think, I think, I think so. Um, in terms of, you know, you look at Boucher, you know, like I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Boucher later, but I'm expecting a lot of things from Boucher this year. And mm-hmm. I really feel Boucher is going to come in and um, establish himself as basically the heart and soul of this Toronto Raptors team. You know, like he he has the ability, and if he's given the playing time, like he's one of my guys in the entire league that has the potential to step up. And I know we're going to get to that question in a bit, but I really do. I really do like um, you know, so Precious. You know, obviously Thad Young. Um, you know, Bo Cruz um, is, you know, end of end of the line. Um, yeah, who's your six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Gig, gig, so give me my, the order my here. Sixth man, my sixth man of the year, if it goes that way, would be Gary Trent Jr. Okay, so Gary's first off the bench for you? He's the first guy off the bench coming in for OG. Um, you know, and then... Like you've got to look at kind of your backup point guard position. So you got to look at Flynn and um, like uh, Danto, uh, Danton. Um, you know, you got to have a backup guard. And I don't believe in this Pascal and um, and Scotty Barnes running the backup. I believe in Scotty Barnes being your backup. But I think you got to make a decision there. So I think Flynn right now is your backup guard. Um, okay. I really do think he's the guy. If you're going to do that out of those two options, I like Flynn more as a playmaker and a shooter. Um, I do like the defense and I do like having a long defender. I see that as your third backup guard. But here's the thing with that. I think Scotty Barnes is better than all of them. So there's a part of me that's like, I kind of want Scotty Barnes to start at the point guard position, you know? Like, if you're going to do it, like, do it. You get your next Magic Johnson. But I'm torn on that. And, you know, with Pascal, like, he's top three passer on the team. You know, so, yeah. but you can't make him your point guard. 
But if nobody else is living up to that responsibility, you got to put Pascal in there because he's going to make the right decisions. So I'm I'm torn on that. But Bo Cruz for sure, Gary Trent, Precious Achua, uh, Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. Matt Young, no doubt. Yeah, that's uh, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, you hit on a lot of good points there. And who shares sort of the point guard duty, the passing duties on this team is going to be a a theme to watch all year, right? Scotty can pass and transition. Obviously, I would say Pascal, yeah, is probably the second best passer on the team after Fred. Thad can pass. Um, you know, does Flynn kind of crack the rotation? It's interesting that you brought him up. Uh, he's someone I'm really kind of. I'm interested in because it's, you know, does he sort of break up this, this six, nine vision, you know, does he give Fred relief minutes? Jay, I'm going to go to you. Um, Yeah. You know, I think we can all agree uh, that, that at this point, Bo Cruz looks like he's going to be on, on the team. Uh, Do you think he kind of cracks the rotation? Like, is he playing every night? Um, And yeah, who's your, you know, first off the bench, who's your six, seven, eight, nine, ten? I guess first of all, I, I don't, I don't see Hernan Gomez. Um, I see him making the roster. I don't see him cracking the regular rotation. Mm-hmm. The way I've divided it up is, I see a definitive top nine, and then there's a bit of a drop off there to, and I would clump them together as your end of bench guys, which, right. which does include Hernan Gomez, but I have him down as like end of the bench. So if we want to compare something to, let's say the Raptors championship roster, mm-hmm. your 11th, 12th man there in terms of getting minutes is your Jody Meeks, Jeremy Lin type. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about Juancho, right? Um, yeah. When we look at how this rush is going to shake out, you have your starters and I get it. If you want to put uh, Gary Trent on the bench and put Precious in there in, in in as a replacement, as a starter, then, you know, all the power to you. I, I'm I'm good either way in terms of having Precious and, and or Gary Trent as the starter or sixth man. So the sixth man then would then be one of those two because the other would be the starter. Uh, seven, eight, nine have them all clumped together, really, and that's Thad Boucher and Otto Porter Jr. Oh, um, we're 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 in a stretch now where yes, you you mentioned it already, Ben. Like we're like hardcore into this vision six nine here, but mm-hmm. if we've learned anything from Nurse, he definitely goes against the grain, right? And besides going against the grain and how he's constructed this roster, so who says that? the Raptors have to have a backup point guard coming in for Fed Van Vliet. You've already mentioned it. Siakam can handle the ball. Scotty can handle the ball. Why is it that we have to replace Fred with a guard? Why can't we spread the minutes out and play around with the rotation so that if Fred's not in bringing up the ball, then it is Pascal, then it is Scotty. It's just a matter of how Nurse plays around with his rotation. So that's why at nine with Otto Porter Jr., that's where it cuts off for me. And then the next batch is either matchup dependent. So for example, if you need someone a bit beefier, you bring in Birch. Mm -hmm. Or if you need another point guard, if Fred's having an off night or if he has a day off, for example, then you bring in a Malachi Flynn or Delano Benton based off of the matchup. Um, Justin Champagne, Christian Coloco, Hernan Gomez, they're all your end of bench, breaking case of emergency. Uh, Use them in garbage time. Use them if you're going through some injuries. But really, for me, it cuts off at Porter Jr. And and 
Flynn has to prove something to me to show that he's worth more minutes, to show that he is, okay, he's the first guy we'll go to when Fred needs a break. Right now, he's not there. So right now, I'd rather give those minutes to someone, the the point guard duty minutes to someone that I trust more, and that's Pascal, and that's Scotty, right? Um, than giving it to Flynn, hoping that he he kind of figures it out, or, or Delano while he continues to work his, his reps in with the 905. So that's kind of where it is for me. It stops at nine. I don't really have a tenth there. I, I, I want to jump in on that as well, because I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I, I like to look at some of these under bench guys as prospects, as kind of, you know, the, like when I say, when I'm talking about Bo Cruz, I'm not talking about Bo Cruz kind of like on the rotation in this year. I'm talking about the fact that he's 26. He's going to go into our system with Champagne and could potentially be future assets. You know, I, I, I do think they're still young enough that there could be you know, kind of like untapped potential when you think of like a, you know, a Boucher, a Terrence Davis, a Fred Van Fleet, you know, some of these guys that go into the system and are kind of like, you know, gems down the line. That's what I see our end of bench. And that's what I'm evaluating these guys on in terms of rotation. Absolutely. You know, like you can't go past that nine. You've got an auto Porter coming in here. He's going to make it very tough on OG, um, on Gary Trent, because he can shoot the three, he can play defense, and he just won. <laughs> so yeah. the Raptors rotation is very exciting right now. And, uh, and I just, you know, I like to chat about some of these end of, end of rotation guys just to kind of see what they could be. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's that's the fun of this year for me. That's sort of why I'm I'm super high on the Raptors as a regular season team. I think, you know, even with certain injuries, you know, obviously a knock on wood, hopefully we don't get anything major, but I think there's a lot of talent that's ready to slot in and give good productive minutes. Uh, and, you know, to your point, Jay, I think there is a, like, you know, break glass and in case of emergency, I think there's a lot of guys that are, they're quite ready to do so. And I think, uh, you know, the, the nine makes sense to me. I still sort of have, um, I think I'm, I'm maybe in the bit of the minority here, but I still, I want, I like the idea of precious as the six man. I kind of liked it when, you know, six and seven is precious and Chris, and it's like, they just come in and they are just injecting an intensity and energy to the game. I do think, you know, both you guys brought up rightfully. So um, that, uh, that auto is someone who might push a lot of this, you know, because of shooting, you know, does he end up being the six man? Um, You know, is he the seventh man? Like how far can you, you ended up starting, for the Warriors uh, for, you know, a a big chunk of the playoffs in the finals. So bringing Otto off the bench, even, you know, I'm sure he's comfortable with the role, but uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's equipped to be a starter clearly. Right. Uh, And um, then I I think where I'm, 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 I don't know if I'm disagreeing here, but I just think that Thaddeus Young is in that veteran point where, I could see him being okay with, um, you know, not necessarily playing every game, like managing his his season. But I also feel like that is so good he might end up like closing the odd game because he's such a veteran and kind of, you know, can do a lot of weird, tricky things and flicks and he gets what this he gets what this team needs. I'm also not out on on Ken Birch. So I feel like 
Kem can still do a lot of rim rolling and things that this team needs. And uh, I think where, you know, I'll just cap this off, Jay, is, you know, you said it really concisely about that that end of the bench, uh, you know, after nine is like there's just a lot of that's where I think you're going to see nurse use a lot of different options. Right. Um, and yeah, everyone's short of, uh, I don't know, like champagne, I think has, has a way in there. And maybe I'm even, you know, being too dismissive of, uh, of, of, of champagne because like, Hey, uh, if the shooting that we saw in the G league was for real, then, you know, he's a good offensive rebounder. He fits a lot of what this team needs. So maybe he he finds a way. But I think we're really, really, we might not have the most devastating starting lineup. We don't. But I do think that we're just going to be able to bring in guys after guys that are legit rotation quality uh, players in the NBA. But um yeah, I think let's move on to uh, let's move on to our, our NBA segment, our silly segment here. Um, Matt, I'm going to be bringing you in, but first, uh, give us your your weirdest, uh, weird Alist uh, NBA sting. This is Adam Silverhawk. That's a fixture at this point. <laughs> That is the out of breath Weird Al Yankovic uh, doing his thing. Um, now, yeah, now a fixture on the pod. Let me go to you first, Jay, on this one. This is the this is the silly question of the day. Uh, pretty dumb. No wrong answers here. Uh, I was just thinking, like you know, my my wife uh, is a big Dolly Parton fan, and uh, her and her mom went to Dollywood. Uh, probably I want to say like four years ago in the Misty Mountains, and it was weird. It was amazing. A bunch of Dolly's family works there and performs there, uh, and it's just like this magical place that uh, you know she's created. And uh, I was thinking, who in the NBA should have their own theme park, and and what's the vibe there? What's going on? Um, Jay, who's your, who's your candidate for having their own theme park and what's going on there? I'm, I'm going to key in on the dumb part of what you, you just, uh, please do. There. And, uh, and also sidetrack a bit and say that this actually won't be a specific player, but more a group of players. So earlier today, there was a tweet that's kind of making the rounds. Uh, someone had looked at the wingspan of every team and highlight and rank them. So for example, the Raptors have the almost lowest ranked or the shortest or smallest wingspan at point guard, but at shooting guard, small forward, power forward, they have the longest individuals, which totally makes sense. This is project vision six, nine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's hold on to that thought. Then you look over at the Miami heat four of their position players have the smallest wingspan. So Hmm. imagine these small Tyrannosaurus Rex-like players. So where I'm going at with this is we're going to have some sort of a dinosaur world. I'm going to call it Raptors land because I'm not very creative, but (laughs) it's going to be based off of these players. Right. And you're thinking like the, the, the roller coaster is like the arms of Scotty Barnes. Sure. Thinking like small little, like, um, 
for the Miami Heat players, of course. You're, you're, you're thinking about little like rides where it's like really small and you're moving around like this, like a claw-like <laughs> thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it, it's some Raptors land type thing and like the Raptors area of the uh, of this park is all roller coasters because it's just all arms. It's very long. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading with this. Uh, first and foremost, I love that built into your idea is slander of the Miami Heat. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I love that very much, that your theme park, there's sort of like, there's this side part of it that's like, I don't know, less cool, and it features <laughs> the Miami Heat. And hello oh, to, your, uh, to your dog, Jay. Um, and I, I feel like your your dog is a representative of the Miami Heat at this point. Uh, that's uh, pretty pissed off that they're just getting slandered for no reason. But I love it. Uh, I'm here for the and, and any kind of destination franchise. I think should be open season for uh, ripping on, uh, and it's more than welcome. Again, love uh, you know you tied in Vision Six Nine, and let's let's go to you, Ben. What's your um, yeah, it could be player or players or franchise. Uh, well, what's your theme park? I have this idea for uh, a Russell Westbrook land. Okay. It was just des- dedicated to like triple doubles. And then there would be like a roller coaster ride where you would be the basketball. And it'd be like, a, like four people could go into the basketball and he would like pass you to like another part of the park. And then he would catch you um and so it'd be like russell westbrook passing to himself sure a roller coaster with him like holding a basketball and you would be on the basketball and he would like run you up the roller coaster and down and so it'd be like you were running with russell uh, westbrook and then there would just be like shrines to his like triple double uh, award and and then just like posters of russell westbrook everywhere and just like a love it. of Russell and just him like smiling as you walk in, that would be the statue. Um, that's good stuff. I love that there's a statue that makes a lot of sense. Russell Westbrook doesn't get enough love in my opinion. And um, I also love I that. He's a great, I don't think he's like the player, but I think it'd be a great theme park. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I'm not saying uh, anything to his, his quality of his game or the accolades he's won. I just think it'd be a, it, he would do a good park. You know, oh, yeah, I, I think I think the fashion alone would be great. Yeah. Um, I, I just wouldn't want to be in the ride where it's him shooting the basketball. That would be a very painful. So yeah, that's that's the water it. park. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also love that every every ride is basically some version of the gravitron. Like you're you're inside something or you're getting like completely rattled. Uh, Russell Westbrook land. Great answer. Maddie, um, I know you're going to take us on a trip here. Uh, what's up? Um, you know, who's your who's your person, franchise, team, whatever. Well, as we get closer to October, you know, it's the uh, the Halloween month that everyone loves. Everyone loves to get a little bit of a spook going. And, uh, you know, I've been to Screamers down at the X in Toronto a few times. And if you're not familiar with Screamers, it's kind of like they've got a little small city of of haunted houses that all have their own thing and concessions. And, you know, you can drink vampire blood 
<laughs> beer or I don't know, like yep. stuff like that. People are constantly chasing you. It's it's high anxiety. But you know, if you <laughs> if you go in uh, like after having a beer or two, maybe you can relax a bit. Anyway, I'm thinking like, why don't we just rebrand Screamers? I don't even know if it's back since COVID yet. And and uh, I don't know why, but I'd like it to be Kawhi Leonard themed. For instance, one of the haunted houses there is just completely pitch black inside and you're just kind of trying to navigate your way through it in the pitch black and people kind of like pop out with flashlights to scare you. That's pretty much it. But I was thinking like, let's take that out. Let's put Kawhi's laugh kind of echoing in different places, getting closer, further away type of deal to scare you. Uh, You know, like there could be one where Kawhi doesn't even need to wear the Freddy glove. Like we could just paint his nails. Those things are like so big on the claw there. So, sure, you know, we could have that. And anything with concessions or working the gate, those people, they're all dressed like Uncle Dennis. So it's like you got <laughs> big Uncle Dennis premise uh, or uh, Uncle um, uh, Uncle Dennis is, is uh you know, really hovering over the park in a way, making sure that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's micromanaging. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'd like uh, something Kawhi based. Let's take Screamers. Let's rebrand it for Kawhi Leonard and uh, just get that laugh scaring people more and more. Matt, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> you never disappoint. Um if anyone tuned in this podcast for basketball analysis, we're now at the point where we're talking about Kawhi painting his nails. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that so, look like blades. Yeah, that look like blades. Sorry, <laughs> huge, huge part of this here. Um, and and just before I get to my own uh, dumb idea, uh, Jay just sent along, uh, you know, to, to compliment his point there. So the Raptors by position, uh, wingspan, twenty uh, eighth in the league at point guard, at shooting guard, small forward, and power forward. We were first overall in the NBA at wingspan, and then at center, we are twenty six. Wow. So uh, our team has long arms, and mm. I think uh, that's, you know, besides making it happen, and um, yeah, Vision Six Nine is very real. Uh, okay, my my um, my theme park is is based on the uh, the the reigning two time MVP of the league, uh, Nikolai Jokic. Uh, I love so much that uh, when you see him in the off season. Uh, he's often with a horse or a pony, so it is you're you're going to uh, his homeland of Serbia, and it is a horse themed park. So there's dressage, uh, there's equestrian, there's pony rides. Let's pin the tail on the donkey. Uh, you can ride a uh, horse wagon driven by Jokic or one of his uh, big scary brothers. <laughs> they'll take you through the mountains and you know it's wow. a, it's a it's a really good time uh it's there's a bit scary. of a fun yeah it's scary it's scary like you like <laughs> if you say the wrong thing Jokic or one of his brothers might kick your ass no. so um it's definitely not it's not the safest park <laughs> it's not the safest uh place to vacation uh I, I, yeah I, i'll even go ahead and say it's not um, family friendly. Like you, you are absolutely getting tanked there. You're, you're drinking hard. You're trying to keep up with Jokic. So um, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my theme there. But um, I think we've spent, we spent some time being silly here. So let's, let's move on to our, our last NBA question. 
And Ben, let me start with you. Um, We actually, for this question, we're going to zigzag a bit. So Ben, don't tell me. um, I want to, I want to know who uh, each of your guys kind of like bounce back player is. And I'm not talking about injury. I'm not talking about a guy like Kawhi uh, or Jamal Murray that was out for the whole season and then just uh, is back. And it's a bounce back, even though of course that is a bounce back. I'm more so, you know, thinking about play style and and just where they're at in their career. Um, But first, I want to do, uh, you know, just give me your guy who's who's going to kind of like be back on the scene and make a major improvement. And then we'll hold on to that and and we'll come back to you uh, for the guy that's kind of get come back down to earth. So just tell me your guy right now, Ben. Uh, who's going to, you know, be a major factor in the league uh, or, you know, just take a big step from where they were. Russell Westbrook. No, I'm joking. I, uh, I do. I I will say, I think they're going to play well. I think Beverly and Westbrook are actually going to coexist. And I do think Westbrook's going to have a good year, but he's not my guy. We talked about him earlier. Um, He had an incredible playoffs. I think Boucher is actually going to have an incredible year this year. I really do. think I think Boucher, like I, I don't have my my research on all the up and coming players, and there's a, a lot of guys that could be you know fit for this. But the way Boucher played in that playoffs, and the way we kind of lost, but the way he kind of kept playing and hustling, he really kind of showed me that um, he's gotten more. And, and there's a part of me that feels like if he would have been traded he would have been traded to like Charlotte or something or like, like a team that like needs a long kind of lanky guy like that. He could average like two blocks a game, eight boards, and like 18 to 20 points. I think, I think he has that. And I think Boucher next year, I'm expecting him to do like, like 18, seven and like one. And if he does that, that would be amazing for us. I think he has even more, that he could do. I see like, if he beefed up, I see him as like a Miles Turner kind of player. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to shut my mouth and, and I'm just going to walk away. Hey, don't, you know, that's, that's absolutely fine. I love the belief in Boucher. Uh, I too am a big Boucher fan. I feel like he's in that zone of his career where, you know, in Tampa, I put up a lot of big points and he, he re-signed with the Raptors doing what you know like uh, under the premise that it's like you're not a starter on this team you're an energy guy you are you know your your size like i remember when boucher was sort of this fringe character on the raptors and it's kind of like is he a center what can he do and he's really kind of settled in like that, that's what's my favorite part honestly my favorite part about the nba is watching a guy settle into their role right you know this is the most elite team sport in the world uh, and I think, um, you know, at least in North America and so there's only 500 guys, right. Just over 500 guys that make the league, uh, you know, most of, most of which don't play. And I think that Boucher is really a guy, I think it's a great pick for a guy who, um, yeah, he might not score enough points to get the like traditional, uh, six man of the year, since that's kind of like a guy who puts up buckets, but Boucher is is a big part of why I think this team is going to be a winning team. I think he's going to help overwhelm people uh, on the bench. He's really confident in who he is, and I think it's a really, really good pick. Uh, Jay? I don't don't think he's going to win the sixth man of the year, but I think if all goes well, he'll be in the conversation. 
And if, if he has a good year, he will be in the running for six man of the year um, and he'll lose it. But he'll that's that's a good season for me for Boucher next year. Yeah, um, agreed. Jay, who's your who's your sort of um, a big leap guy or, you know, like, you know, kind of comeback guy? Well, I, I, I'm so glad you went to Ben first because I obviously misinterpreted the question. I had a different guy to answer, but he didn't quite fit the mold of comeback guy. So now I have two answers for you. Okay. So for, for the comeback, uh, I'm going to give you Christophe Porzingis. He was not, uh, you know, he doesn't fall under the, the guise of someone who was injured, missed a lot of time. He yeah. really has just sucked since leaving the yeah. Knicks. And I think that a full season with the Wizards, they have actually done some retooling. Um, hmm. there, there are no expectations for the Wizards. They did not make the playoffs last year. But now they've. I feel like they've got a, a team that's a little bit better, like sneakily good that no one's talking about with the additions of Morris and the addition hmm. of, uh, of Barton there. I think there's a more of a well-rounded team in Washington. Um, getting Beal signed on long-term could do wonders for that team psyche. I think that that all boils up into something that is uh, conducive of growth for Porzingis there. So he's my comeback guy to kind of keep an eye out on. Um, the way I originally was going to answer this question was um, actually to give this to Alperin Sengun. Now, he's not going to have a comeback year. He had a great rookie season, but mm-hmm. I think he's someone that is really going to break out this year. Um, I really want to keep an eye on him. Houston is kind of, uh, again, kind of grasped this. Okay, we're going to suck again. Uh, let's, yeah. let's see what we've got here. But Handing the keys over to Sangoon was worked wonders for them in the second half of the year last year, and now that he's got it all in his, uh, you know, it's just him and Jalen Green essentially. Uh, I'm excited to see how they will look in Houston. Love it. Um, my my guy. Uh, um, I think Chris Tapps is a really interesting take because I feel like he's someone. Yeah, who's you know you think about the like the NBA consciousness. He's sort of he's not a major part of it, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so my guy is a big part of the uh, the NBA consciousness, but I do think that an entire year on his new team settled in with better role players uh, and, you know, no longer defeat, like, you know, he's, I mean, he already wasn't the number one guy, but even more so now I would say based on the structure of the team uh, is James Harden. I think that James Harden is going to have a fantastic year. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he was a, uh, he was number two uh, with Kevin Durant there, but you know he arrived there. It was such a flurry of like just madness. Where whereas I think that Philly now it's it's a more grounded approach. If you know Embiid misses time, I think he'll be able to kind of like fill in that gap really well. I think you have a lot of different moving parts uh, in in Philly that have kind of settled down. Uh, and this is probably the one of the more grounded Philly teams that uh, I can remember, you know, since the process. And um, yeah, I just think that James Harden is definitely not somebody who is like, you know, quote unquote done. Maybe he's lost a step, but I don't think that, you know, with his ability to shoot and pass and play make and just be, you know, a, a force in the NBA. Like, I don't think that's done. And I think he's going to remind people that, you know, yeah, and I think it's funny that you mentioned Harden because the the other guy I was going to mention was Tyrese Maxey as someone who's just going to like really flourish this year. Yeah, uh, another one of those guys just did great in the second half of the year and just kind of came into his own. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Harden pick. Uh, but I think that there's it, it's another way of just saying that like Philly's a team you got to watch out for. Yeah, can, can I can I disagree with the Harden pick? 
Sure. What? I, first of all, you mentioned Maxi. I think Harden's losing his job to Maxi eventually. Um, I think Harden never was a great defender. And I think as he get, as he ages, um, that just becomes more exposed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's another defender on Philly that can make up for it because it's not Embiid. Um, Harden, I think offensively, I would agree with you. I think he's still got some tricks left and he's a great shooter. But I do see him declining. And I do think he's overpaid for what he can do at this stage in his career. But I like the pick. But defensively, I'm not I'm not on board with it. And I'm the amount of money Philly gave to him, I'm not on board with that either. Especially if you got a player like Maxi that's blossoming like he is. But you need good players. Um, I'm just not convinced that James Harden James Harden is that good player. You know? Like Fair. I don't, I don't see that Kobe Bryant kind of killer instinct. I don't see that, like, I'm going to win this series myself. And in Houston, you know, he had multiple opportunities, multiple opportunities to take over series, to to be the guy. He was the guy. And they didn't do it. And they had Chris Paul. And when Chris Paul came in, he was the guy. And they almost made it because Chris Paul was the guy. But with Harden... I'm sorry, man. My The ship has sailed with me with Harden. Um, I think he's going to do what he does. And I don't think, but in terms of the, um, the being honest to the question you posed, I don't see him breaking out being like anything more than what he is. Very, very fair. Very fair. I think those are all like the, those are all the counterpoints, you know, and I think, you know, you, you, you hit a lot of them really well. And, you know, the decline, usually doesn't stop right um but let's uh let's kind of wrap this pot up uh, we'll, we'll speed through this last one um just to make sure we're under an hour here but uh jay let's start with you on uh who's the kind of come back down to earth guy Dejounte murray okay so i mentioned this on my pod um i'm a little bit down on the hawks this year i guess i'm going to double down on your pod and say it here too uh, i think that the hawks are actually going to take a i wouldn't even say a step backwards because they did did they didn't do that well last year as well as they did the, the previous year when they made the conference finals but i think the addition of Dejounte murray is actually a subtraction um, obviously he's got, he had some amazing numbers, almost average triple double for the Spurs last year, but that was a team that was tanking and really only had him to rely on. So I'm interested to see, actually, I already know the answer to this. I'm interested to see how he will do playing second fiddle to Trey Young. And we've seen that. So the year before last, when he wasn't the alpha, uh, he was second fiddle to DeRozan. And the year before that, he was second fiddle, not even second fiddle, but third fiddle to DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. And in all three seasons, including last year, they did not win more than 34 games. So that tells me he's not a winner. And to add him... With the hype he had, again, amazing year last year. But again, that's a team that was tanking. So he had all the shots and all the usage that he could possibly ask for. I don't foresee him having anything close to what he had last year. Uh, defensively, he's amazing. But uh, that Hawks team with the loss of Herder and Gallinari, that's a lot of shooting you're losing around Trey Young. And Murray, who's a great slasher um, and creator, um, that's a team that's going to go down. And a lot of the blame will go towards Murray. Very fair, um, especially, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the the winning capability, I think winning is sort of, uh, 
you know, something, obviously all teams try to win, but uh, you know, it's, unless it's practiced, it's really hard to be a part of a winning situation. One of the reasons I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I'm not, I'm not all the way anti-tank, but you know, I do think that revving back up after you've been bad is really hard. And I think for players that come from bad situations, it's not always easy to integrate yourself into, you know, being a positive change. But um, yeah, Ben, who's, who's your guy that's going to either take a step down or kind of come back down to earth? Yeah. Uh, and Jay, great answer there. I, I, I've had Murray in fantasy and I don't think he's replicating that uh, this year. Um, one guy that this is going to be a surprise um, and I might take some heat for this, but I think Devin Booker on the Phoenix Suns hmm. made a step back this year. I think he is somebody that is a great player and uh, he's a great shooter. Defensively, I don't think he's quite there. And I also think he um, isn't quite ready to be the Kobe Bryant we all thought he was going to be. And I, I think he's had some kind of adversity um, and I don't know if he stepped up to kind of the challenge there quite yet. And I think they've come close. And I think he's, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious to know if we've seen the best of Devin Booker or, or if this is it. Um, and I'm curious to know if he's got that next gear where he's going to start kind of putting the team on his back himself and start doing, you know, like, like even I would say, I would say DeMar DeRozan is better than Devin Booker this point in their careers in terms of like what he does the respect that demar gets you know and, and the respect that Devin gets and up and coming like i just don't think he's quite done it yet and i think this year teams are really going to be gunning for them and they're really going to lock him down and they're really looking at the scouting reports for him especially as a shooter and if he doesn't have some backup moves to get to the bucket i think he's in trouble fair um Good points all around. I'll just, uh, I'm just going to list my guy uh, with, with not a lot of defense. So it's going to come off a bit slanderous. Uh, I think based on his age uh, and what we've seen a little bit in the playoffs and a little bit last year uh, and speed, uh, I think that Draymond Green is, uh, is going to take mm-hmm. a step down because his main attribute uh, is a, as a defender, obviously he's still going to be fantastic, but I think he's just going to take that little notch down you know, he's not going to blow up as many plays as he normally does. But uh, I do want to wrap this baby up. So let me go to you first, Ben. Um, let people know where they can find you and, uh, you know, uh, where to check you out, what shows you got going on, and uh, g- give the old-fashioned plug. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Well, I have a comedy album, Good and You. It's a comedy experience by Ben Holman Davies. Uh, I'm a host uh, of gluten-free comedy and Broken Dreams Comedy, uh, gluten-free comedy you can find at Comedy Bar. Uh, Broken Dreams Comedy you can find uh, in the annex at the Comedy Lab. Um, I, uh, I'm a father of two. I'm very proud. And uh, my basketball jump shot is coming back, and I'm very proud of that as well. Huge. Uh, Jay, what's up? Where can people find you? Where can they check out your work? Uh, again, uh, I got to say, before I go to this, Freddie, thanks for having me on. It's always a fun time at uh, joining yeah, your pod. Um my podcast, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, we record every Friday. Usually comes out Friday afternoon, Friday evenings. Uh, you can also catch my writing at Raptors HQ, where I usually do my weekly wrap up of the games ahead for the Raptors. So you can look for that throughout the season. And that is me. I'm not going to plug my children because they're not listening. 
<laughs> Very fair. Um, well, I would just say thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this podcast, helping it grow. Uh, you know, rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff, comment. Uh, Maddie D, if you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Woo!